Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders worldwide. We're back with another day in the new year of some very important happenings. Of course, today is a big day for anybody who's on the Satama side. I will be talking about that because there were some not unexpected, but rather disappointing things that happened. Apparently, this happened late yesterday, I believe it was. So it was kind of late minute. And I'm going to touch on it. I don't want to spend too much time on it because I do have a underdog token that I think is worth the time to spend with it. There's not much to it, but I think it deserves more time than what's going on with Satama just because to me, the Satama situation is kind of one of those expected, yep, this is going to happen and we don't know where it's going to go. And I do think it'll sort itself out eventually, but as it stands today, um, this might this doesn't bode well for the the future of what Cytomask proposed and hopefully that one side gives in. I suspect that they won't, but let's jump right into what's going on. So as you may remember from previous updates, Cytomask is due to release today. I believe that's happening Pacific time somewhere around one or two might be a little bit later depending on or earlier rather depending on the time zone which was never fully clarified but it will be today sometime today and if you were watching the graphs for satama it's it's obvious that there have been some whale cells prior to this release now if you remember what happened with the vegas event that went south there were some significant spikes that happened just prior to the event and then it tanked after they saw you know the Jake gang getting drunk and asking for money for drinks and all the other, but it started on a, on a high and then it ended on a low here. We see whale sell-offs and we expect that there's going to be some climb activity once the wallet is released. However, people have called out and I mentioned in a previous episode that people have called out of the demo versions or the test versions that have been released that are now available on both stores, the Apple store, as well as the Android store, that there were some grammatical errors. I called out some possible unenforceable terms. So where this is going, potentially, I'm speculating here, I suspect that you've got some very high-powered, very intelligent, very learned, very weathered investors in and around Satama, and they will be watching this very closely, and they will be scrutinizing it to a degree nowhere close to what I'm doing, to identify anything that the that they can be used to justify selling the token. That's my that's my gut speaking. That there's going to be people that are looking for an excuse to sell. Now that excuse might be nothing more than just normal skepticism of a new product. Could be over criticism of the grammatical errors and the spelling errors. Could be that they see something that's fundamentally problematic. Could be that it doesn't live up to the promise about the gas fees. Could be that the number of tokens available for whatever reason is not consistent with what was promised. My point is, is that there's going to be those people out there and they're very, they're, these are very, like Zab Judah says, slick with it, slick with it. They're going to try to find any excuse to sell out token because there's something they see that doesn't resonate with them. I expect this to be a strong, probable outcome with Satama and the Cytomask upon release due to whatever, and it probably is something that isn't a big deal, but it's going to be made to be a big deal, is my guess, or it's a problem and it's something that they overlooked because the audit wouldn't necessarily catch everything that a day-to-day -day user might catch, and we hope 
that the QA team in Satama is rock solid and has caught every possible scenario. The other thing that's just general apps in the stores, you, you're not going to be able to account for every device that's out there, um, every operating system that's out there. There's so many variations of a theme. And no, I would argue, no developer has been able to perfect the science of putting an application out that doesn't have problems in a subset of a group. Well, we hope that it's the exception to the rule because Android's been forcing updates, Apple forces updates. We hope that that's not the case. However, just expect that it will be the case. Now, I know that there was talk about a desktop version of Cytomask. I don't know when that's coming, but I want to take a look at that one because that one has less of the risk of those problems. If it were me in that room with the project team, I would have prioritized the desktop version first because you reach a wider audience with respect to compatibility than you do on the mobile. Mobile is just challenging. So I guess what I'm saying is if there were going to be technical type issues, I would suspect that they would be just endemic to the fact that mobile is a limiting platform. It's a limiting strategy. And most do it simply because they assume everybody's got a phone, do, 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 or everybody's got a tablet, do, 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 and so they leap that way. But as I called out with Crypto.com, to me, no, you need to do like LBank and do like Hotbit and do like KuCoin and do like all the others that they have a desktop interface so that you can go in on your device of choice. It doesn't matter if you load up their site on your mobile device, you can still interact with it. Because when you think crypto, it doesn't really require a mobile device the one thing that I'll call out with Cytomask that stands out is, you know, they're putting an account around it. So there's at least some thought put into something broader than just a mobile tool. Because, you know, with Trust Wallet, you don't need to create an account. You just create a wallet. It doesn't care about anything else. Them creating accounts seems to indicate that they want to be perceived a little bit closer to an exchange as opposed to a simple wallet. If that's true, then it's possible, very well possible, that they have solved the mystery of how to you know, play the middle and get the mobile to be solid. I'm just saying that it's difficult with mobile just because of the variety of operating system of devices that are still out there, believe it or not. Then another Cytomass news. One of the tokens that was going to be listed on Cytomass, they submitted an application for it. They were actually on the list. You know, there's a list floating around of the tokens that were supposed to be kind of the first starters. They were on that list. I remember them. I did a brief mention on social media about them with a graph on their site that seemed like it was having some issues. And, you know, I don't think negative of it. I haven't done coverage of it because I was watching to see what's going to happen with Cytomask and give them a kind of a chance. And then they were on my list to eventually cover when I started seeing that they were getting more traction. Well, as of late yesterday, apparently with this token, they had put the application in and then were notified that they're, they would not be able to proceed based on the requirements that, the Satama team came back with on the contract, which was one of them being they needed to renounce ownership of the contract and they were not willing to do that. Now let's take some, let's talk supposition. I've talked about renounced ownership before. And I talked about the fact that when you're going to an exchange, generally they don't want you to renounce ownership. Generally they want somebody, a throat to choke, somebody that's there working the nuances of the contract, affecting changes and so on. It's not that you can't, it's that there are some exchanges, exchanges that flat out will not take you if your contract is renounced. And then there are some contracts that, that don't care. So for Satama to say, okay, you need to renounce ownership is a bit peculiar to me. 
I suspect what they're trying to do is they're trying to mitigate any sort of risk of rug pull. That's my theory. It's only theory. I'm not an insider. I don't know data beyond the only possible reason that you might have that you would want to force a renounced contract would be to mitigate rug pull risk. But as I mentioned on another episode, when you renounce the ownership, you lose the ability to affect changes or fixes or updates or anything to the contract. The contract is what it is and it becomes immutable. You cannot, you cannot do the things you might want to do at which basically increases the risk of doing a migration at some point in the future, which nobody wants to see. It happens. It happens a lot. So I, I, that caught me off guard. And as a result of this requirement, the Shinja team, uh, and you know they're fully doxxed, their names out there, the guys out there, they've got faces, names, whole nine. But they came out and basically said, okay, to everybody who's on Shinja, we're not going to be on Cytomask because we're not going to renounce ownership. We'll just do our own thing. And they were disappointed it's happening two days before launch, which I agree with. That's kind of weird because their name has been on that list. I'm trying to think back. I'm pretty sure it was on that list all the way back to the Vegas event, the failed Vegas event. I'm pretty sure I saw Shinja on that list. And if I didn't, it would have been sometime in December for sure. So, yes, it is kind of weird to see it at the last minute this happening. Now, the other thing that this brought to surface, which I thought about but didn't think deep in, you know, nobody knows kind of what is the listing criteria at this point. What is really the requirements to get on this thing? Uh, to my knowledge, it's never been made public through any forum that I'm aware of. But I would be curious to know what that is because based on the list of who's left now, you got Impact XP, okay, you got Kishimoto that I'm aware of, you got Lily Finance, I believe Luff, Luffy's on there as well. Suzuki was a rug pull, so it's out. Shinj is out because of that. And then, you know, other than that, who's left? I mean, you don't have very many that would be kind of those first starters. I know there was a list, there was like eight people, eight different groups, uh, Shirio. And so I'm kind of curious what, what that all means and how that how that criteria and how that restriction will change the perception. Because if you're going to want to be perceived as an exchange, normally you'd want to behave like the exchanges do. And by and large, the exchanges that I've seen don't want a renounced contract. They want the owner still in play. So this is directly opposite of what I would expect. Now, that could be a gift and a curse, or it could be a straight-up bad thing or a straight-up good thing. And I'm curious to watch it. Now I'm more curious about Cytomass because I want to see, is their way really going to produce more sustainable results long-term, or is it limiting to the point that then the tool loses its core, one of its core sales pitches, which is the ability to have screen projects, the ability to help you identify rug pulls where they happen. Obviously not having you know, owners in play does mitigate it, but it doesn't remove it. You still could have it, theoretically. So I am curious to watch it, and I'm going to give it a fair chance, kick the tires, and just kind of see what it's about. My Satama bag is sitting currently generating rewards, so I'm not, I haven't been thinking about it. So for this exercise, I probably would spin up a new bag of Satama, start from scratch, just so I could kick the tires and test it and see what it's doing. And I want to talk about Satama and the reason I'm choosing to go that route, because as I watch the graphs and the different order, the order books in the different exchanges, the price of Satama is having some major issues. There's some strong sell behavior. And again, it's odd to see significant downward pressure prior to this kind of a release. Where the day of release, I wouldn't expect to see this much downward pressure. There's a lot 
of sales in play at lower prices. So I'm curious if that means that people are purposely pushing the price down so that they can buy at a discount so they can increase the bag, maybe, or is it that they there's some sort of insider information that's telling them they should do this? That seems kind of strange because why would I see it on such a massive scale? Like that just seems very odd to me. So unless there's something fundamentally flat out wrong that Certic, let's say, didn't expose and it was insider information or something, like it's the extreme of of conspiracy theories, the sell behavior I'm seeing just is not expected. I would expect to see more balanced um, roles going on buys and sells. Like if I look at the depth chart, it's not what I would see. It's not what I would expect to see. I would expect to see much more positive sell behavior, meaning people are pushing the price up, word, in anticipation of what's coming so that let's say that they're they're trying to pump and dump it, right? That's what I would expect to see today because it's the day of release. This seems to me like you would anticipate people are going to buy into it and you'd want to push the price up. Instead, I'm seeing the price being pushed down, strongly pushed down. <laughs> and I don't know why specifically. And the only theory I've got is that people are trying to exploit the fact that there's that there's this interest out there and they're trying to increase their bag by pushing the price down so they can buy at a discount. I could be wrong, but I'm I it's it's curious watching the charts. If you're on any exchange, the graph you want to look at to kind of understand what I'm describing. So the order books will tell you the the buys and the sells, and it'll tell you the price movements. But latest trade, there's a list called latest trade. Almost every exchange has it. And what you're looking at, what you're looking for, is what direction is the price going? Is the price going down according to the latest trades, or is the price going up according to the latest trades? Then, according to where that price movement's coming from, is it on the red side, which means that it's basically somebody selling it they're advertising it for that price or is it on the green side meaning somebody just bought at this other price because with order books people put orders in limit orders and they sit there and they'll get filled at some point when capacities reach so latest trade tells you as of right now where are we at in the price movement and so it's a very intriguing list if you learn to read it it's kind of like reading matrix code when you learn to read it you can see okay Wow, that's just dropped, drop, 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 drop a little bit up, drop, 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 drop a little bit up, drop, drop, drop. That's so definitely take a look at it. I don't know what it means. I'm just saying that the day of a release of one of their most heavily advertised things, I would not expect to see this much sell pressure going on. I would expect to see more 50-50 because you would have a lot more people that were adding bags now. The other thing I thought about might be. People could be holding back on buys they want to do, right, in anticipation of just buying straight into the Cytomask. That's possible, I suppose. But if you were to see that and there's not many people buying, it theoretically could mean that people are selling at discount because people aren't buying in and aren't taking the orders. But I'm seeing such a capacity of orders pending on the buy side. That doesn't seem to add up either. So I'm going to be watching this. I'm just summarizing what's going on with Satama. I'm going to be watching it very closely because I have a gut instinct that either somebody has some insider information, possibly, and that's guiding this thing, or it's possible it might, I don't think it's delayed because it's already up in the store, but I think there's something that's going on that's causing this price movement. I'm just not sure what it is. Anyhow, it's, it's interesting watching it graphs and just staring at it.
But let's get into our updates otherwise than this. I'll do a once over really quick, fast on different tokens. And I want to start with the whole Shiv ecosystem. You may or may not have noticed that Leash is the only one in the ecosystem that's had any positive movement. Shib is down and it's trending downward slightly, not greatly, slightly. And even Bone is at a steep discount. Now, Bone is the one I want to focus on. Bone, as you recall, was announced as to be the gas token for Shibarium. And of course, Shibarium is supposed to be coming soon, they said. But nobody held Bone. Remember I said nobody holds that. Nobody thought to buy it because there was no strong push for anybody and no justification, no reason, no logic, no value in buying into Bone, even though it had been communicated as kind of this governance token. Nobody, the, the sales pitch was always about SHIB, always had been, always would be. Now they do the announcement about Shibarium saying that Bone is going to be the governance token, and by holding Bone, you are going to be able to vote on the DAO, which of course affects the path and pattern of SHIB. And if you remember, I said, I thought that was a critical mistake because your holders are all on the ship side. Your holders are out there with their ship wondering what the heck you're doing because you're basically not giving, what you're saying is that you're not giving them, the ones who are sustaining the whole ecosystem, you're not giving them any sort of vote really because their tokens are not being contributed towards the Dow and they got to invest in more money. Or you'd have to rob Peter to pay Paul and sell your ship to buy into bone, which you know, maybe that makes sense for certain people, but it doesn't make sense for everybody because of the price of Bone. So it didn't go over well. And even if you look at their Discord, people are really pissed off about that decision and what that did and kind of a slap in the face to the SHIB holders who really were the ones that, again, SHIB is the reason that the whole ecosystem exists. Pure point blank, what you say, there's no, there's been no active push to put Bone and Leash anywhere on anybody's radar until now and so there's a lot of people that have been selling out there's a lot of people that have been saying you know i'm not doing this anymore i'm not going to stake into shiva swap i'm not going to buy in more into the ecosystem i feel cheated i feel misrepresented and i don't blame them on my side i bought some bone i bought quite a bit of bone not i'm not a whale but i bought quite a bit of bone i didn't put it in shiva swap primarily because i'm testing the investment function of hotbit so that's where i bought my bone from it's hotbit.io and I've got it in the investment because the APYs look pretty good. I'm going to just test it, see if that makes any sense. Because if I can increase the bone bag with a minimal investment, but let it just kind of marinate, increase the bag, and then eventually send it to ShibaSwap, to me, that makes better sense. I do have a little bit of bone in ShibaSwap just for rewards, but I've never fully invested in that ecosystem. I remain bullish about what ShibaSwap should be doing. However, I'm starting to see that the, the team is losing sight, they're losing focus. They they created this organic movement with SHIB and they got it pretty much as a worldwide name. Everybody knows what it is and it's out there, it's in people's face, but they're kind of stumbling over themselves and I'm not sure where they went wrong. <laughs> I, I don't because it's, it's not that it's a bad ecosystem. Like I said, I was talking to somebody and I told them, it's not a scam, it's not a bad, it's just the developers seem like they're in over their heads. They They went one direction and it sounded good at the time, and then they built an ecosystem, and they never did promote that they were going to do this, and they had talked about SHIB being the core. Now it's not the core, and now people don't know what to do. So if you are following and you are in SHIB, I don't think SHIB is a bad investment to hold, but I do think that 
until the developers get to the point where they start to reconcile that they need to do a larger burn, your SHIB's not going to get any greater in value. I talked about the price analysis of SHIB and the fact that the circulating supply that's still out there, you're not going to be able to move that price to any significant degree unless you do a major burn of like 200 trillion or something that's more substantial than just a couple millions, a couple billions, because there's just too much supply out there. So you'd have to figure out how to get rid of the excess supply to get everything down constrained. I'm not really sure why they hesitate doing it, honestly, even now. But with the announcement with Shibarium, that means you've lost the last piece that you could have used to incline. Like, think about it. You could have put SHIB as the gas token and then burned a percentage of every single SHIB that was used to do these transactions. Why does that not make any sense? I have no idea. I'm lost to this day. And I hold a small SHIB. And remember, I said I sold for profit, so I don't have anywhere near the bag that I would have had. But the bag that I have, I'm just letting it sit there. It's not worthless. It's still got value, and it's not great value, and I don't really pay much attention because there's no reflections, right? And then I've got a little bit sitting in Shiba Swap that's just for Ryoshi rewards, and that's it. And then, of course, a little bit of bone. I have no leash because leash is one of those where I don't even know. Like, it's the same situation as with SHIB now. I don't know the real value of leash today given what's happened with the rest of the ecosystem. You've kind of left it to be the stepchild, if they're going to use it to strengthen the value and the rewards and the Shiba swap side, that's cool. But as of right now, I don't see that they're doing that. So it's not been something I've invested any time or attention to. So that's the SHIB ecosystem. I still think it's a good project. I just think the developers lost the plot at some point along the way, and hopefully they get back on track. And then I'm going to be watching what's going on with Satama for sure, with very interested eyes on the product and just spin up a new wallet and just watch it. I'm not going to risk my existing because those terms and conditions, I'm like, absolutely not. I'm not risking my existing bag. Anyhow, uh, and then I covered market move the other day. Please do check out that episode because I do think it's a solid project that's worth the attention. And I don't think it's getting the attention it deserves. Same with Para Inu. And Para Inu, for me, that one's the only thing holding it back at this point is getting on exchanges, which they are planning on doing. I did extend an invite to the Para Inu team to try to see if I can get them on the show. I would love to talk to them just to understand what got them to this point, what inspired them. They talked about it on other AMAs. You know, they they thought about the whole Inu and whether that be a stigma, but they wanted to kind of prove that Inu could work if they did it right. And and I want to talk about the whole veterans movement and obviously they're part of that conversation. But I also want to understand their involvement in crypto in general. And just get a sense because I suspect that they were at some point investors just like you. And if that's true, I'd like them to tell that story from an investor perspective to getting to the point of trying to solve problems and do it better and create strong cryptocurrencies. Because that's what I think we should all want are these people who were able to be successful and then use that success to help other people. That's the story that we should tell. And that's what I'd like to have them come on the show and tell from their own angle from their own perspective, how that would work. Same with the Antisenu uh, guy. He's got an open invite as well. I don't know if they'll accept, but that's out there. If they are interested, I would love to have the conversations there. The DYOR token migration is still underway. Uh, they are planning, according to their roadmap, they were planning to have an initial where you could manually do it. If I were you, if you were in it and you're part of the migration, if I were you, I'd just sit on it, let it automatically happen. And the reason I say that is because when they do the auto airdrop, all you'd really have to do would be to show the custom token in your wallet. So like, especially trust wallet, you just have to go in, put the new contract address, which is not available to you yet. Put the new contract in, address in there. 
and then have it show up in your wallet. And to me, that's the seamless way of getting the new tokens as opposed to the old. But they they did say they would have a facility to do a manual release if you wanted to do it. I don't know what the timing of that release will be. If you're interested in that, they have dyorpro.com is their site. And then they have the coffee. So there's coffee with striking and coffee with Jason and different events and AMA things that they'll do along the way. They do this on a regular basis. And you might check in on those and just kind of get information. If you have any questions directly, I would ask them straight to the team. Don't be afraid to. You're an investor. That's your right. Your right is to get the information. If you want information, they should be giving it to you. And this is a great team that's willing, I'm pretty sure, to give you any answers that you may seek. Let's get into our underdog token. I'm not going to cover an exchange because at this point, I've covered all the ones that I think are worth your time that I'm aware of, at least right now. There's one other one that I'm purposely like avoiding. I'm ducking it because I've got so many exchanges now. I've got kind of... So I'm going to cover that one at some future date. I'll just hold that. At some point when I run into a token to where I need it, then I'll go to that exchange, kick the tires on it. But as of right now, I've covered every single one that was worth the time. So I want to talk about the underdog token because I think they deserve attention. And I knew this would take a little bit of time to discuss them. This one was mentioned. I believe Jake again mentioned this one as well. And it's been getting a little bit of chatter on social media. I... Well, I am an investor in it. I bought in, and I've been sitting on the bag. It's in the exchange. Uh, it's an Ethereum token. It's called Shaman King Inu, shamankinginu.io. And again, this one is another one that has been focused more in the anime direction as a token, which, as if you remember what I said on Kishimoto, I think that may limit their potential for growth without other utilities. They are talking about gaming and things. But I just think that... That's kind of hopping on the bandwagon of what's already out there, and I want to see more that you're planning to do. Being an Inu-type token will, I think, limit in perception, but also just the anime focus, I think, will limit because you're targeting one core audience again, where I do think that there needs to be more to it. What that means, I don't have an answer. I'm simply saying that I want to see the tokens go beyond the current, this is what's currently popular, you know, fashion that i'm starting to see out of a lot of tokens i want to see more than just games and nfts and animes and swaps let's see more out of them some sort of utility like as an example dozilla dozilla wants to build basically a vault and the vault would vet tokens so you would become a trusted source for tokens to know which ones are scams or not market move wants to use ai in order to empower you with information so that you can identify honeypots before you get pulled, identify whales before they sell out, and et cetera. Like I'm talking about a true utility to more than just a singular target. That's what I want to see out of projects like Shaman King Inu. I'm not picking on them. I'm saying in general, I think it's just limiting when you focus on anime NFT games because that's only a subset of the population just because it's the popular thing to do. You can have that as kind of part of the portfolio per se, but you should have something else that, that is a sell point outside of the bubble, quote unquote, that is anime and gaming and NFTs. That's my opinion as an investor myself. And again, I have a bag, so don't call me a hater. I'm not a hater. I'm giving fair criticism that we need to think beyond what I'm seeing the pattern of, which is just jumping to anime, NFTs, and games. There's more out there, and there are people that don't care. Your 70-year-olds don't care, but they're the ones that have a lot of money when they have retirement funds. 
you're going to need to appeal to them with something that's going to talk to them. And this triad is not going to appeal to them. That's all I'm saying. With Shaman, Shaman King Inu, what really caught my eye, though, about them is the verbiage on their white paper. And I will quote straight from their website. A white paper is a crucial document that a potential investor should read. It throws light on two major aspects of a crypto project, its purpose and the technology behind it. It should be prioritized before investing in a project. Our white paper has been approved by industry experts. This is 100%. If you go back to my rubric episode and various episodes where I talk about every token, I say you should have the white paper out there. It's one of the first things you should build, and it should do an excellent job of describing to you the reasons why you buy into a project. What, what got you here? Why did the project, why does it exist and what, why should we care? And then ultimately, what are you going to do and what is your future map and how does everything work? And da, 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 da. Now, I love that they said that and their white paper is not, it's not a horrible white paper at all, but the, it needs a little bit of work. I'm going to give some pointers on, I love the fact that like the disclaimer is very clean. It doesn't do the joke of some of the other ones. It's very clean. Everything here's what's missing. The first parts of the white paper are essentially a copy of what's on the website. And that drives me nuts because it's like, no, this should be more detailed. Like it's more a light paper than a white paper. When you did the why, I love the why. That's good. The how is whatever it is. What's missing is the who's, number one. So tell us more about the people. Tell us more about what got you here. Tell us more about your journey. Tell us more about your pains and your struggles. What was your motivating factors that caused this thing to become a thing? That's one thing I see, personally would love to see in the white paper. Second, I want to see more technical details and ideally imagery that talks about the things that you said you're going to do. And this is the limitation of focusing on gaming and NFTs and anime because if you're going to do that, that means you should already have some artwork to at least wireframe artwork that you can show that says this is what we're working on. This is what we're talking about here. So when we talk about high-definition multiplayer game, what does that mean? Multiplayer of what? Is it a role-player game? Is it a first-person shooter game? Is it a, you know, some sort of farming game like that Sunflower Farmer's Garbage? Like, what are we talking about there? And ideally, show us some imagery of what you're talking about. With your NFTs, you should have some samples of what they might look like. I'm saying if you're going to go that route, you should definitely have imagery. That's, why, that's another reason why having outside utility that's not just anime NFT gaming should be supplanted in this. And then they aren't doing things like, you know, charity work and that kind of stuff, which is okay. But because you don't have that outside thing, it comes across as profit centric. That's okay. But it, that means you have to justify that profit in what am I paying for? Right. As an investor, if you're, if your focus is we're trying to make some money, no problem, but you better show me, where my money's going visually. I don't think that white paper does a good job of doing that is my opinion. So I love that they put the white paper prioritized. I love that they put it up front. Great. Fantastic. I think that it seems like a good team with good people. I have no concerns with community. I have no concerns with the messaging or what they're trying to do at all. I'm saying that you're going to need to add some meat to this because of the way that you have positioned the project is my opinion. Then when we go down tokenomics, right? There's a 12% sell on buys and uh, tax, or rather on buys and sells. The split is reasonably even. There's 3% to liquidity, 2% to reflection, 7% to marketing. So basically, basically 7% goes to marketing 
and 5% benefits you as an investor. That's fair. It's not like that other joker where it's like 14% to them and 2% to you, you joker. This is good. Year of locked liquidity has one quintillion in its supply. They don't say anything about an initial burn that I can see. There may or may not have been one. I don't see that there was one. And based on the number of zeros I'm seeing, it doesn't look like there was one. However, there is a, there's an indicator of what looks like transactional or recurrent burns. And there's an indication on the site that they do auto burn. If that's true, that's good. But it doesn't clarify exactly the what's and the where's and the how's of, of that mechanic that I can see. That could be a limitation of the site. I'm not sure. Like, for example, is there a burn when you do NFT minting? I don't know. And is there a burn of 2% in addition to the reflection of 2% when you play the game? Or some sort of burn mechanic. I don't see that there is one. And I don't see that there's a transactional burn because it's not part of the breakout that I see. Just reflections and then send back to the liquidity pool. If that's true, then that means the inventory never fluctuates down. If the inventory never fluctuates down, then that means you're, ba you're banking on having a certain number of holders in order to get the price movement in the right direction. Okay, but that means that you're, what I'm talking about in terms of your advertising and marketing around anime, entity, and gaming, you're going to hit a glass ceiling. It's going to be very hard to kind of make that work unless you introduce some sort of burn to get that, get that inventory down. Like if I look at the inventory, to me, one quintillion, quintillion is going to be really hard to get strong price movement anywhere in the next two or three years, you'd have to burn, I would love to see of this one, no more, like I said, no more than 200 trillion. And so with this much inventory, at minimum, if you didn't do the half, that means you're already, that's that's a lot, right? Because you're already at quadrillion. Even if you did half, that's 500 quadrillion. We're talking quintillion. It, we got a long way to go in profitability. And then there's an anti-well mechanic built in there. It's coded to say can't sell more than 25 Ethereum. As, of course, you remember, Ethereum's price is constantly fluctuating. That means that fiat equivalent is going to be fluctuating, but no more than 25 Ethereum worth in a single transaction. But obviously you can do multiple transactions and your whales don't care about the, the fees that they're being paying, you know, the gas fees. They don't care because they're whales, right? So it's, it's anti-whale and it'll slow a little bit and the liquidity pool will help you know, kind of mitigate some of that impact. But again, I, I question if you don't have burns along with something like that to try to help mitigate that, that price movement. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure what that looks like in the future. And I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying that seems like it may not be effective without a burn, some kind of burn to kind of come, go along with it. As I look at it on the exchange, it does seem to have reasonably stable upward price movement. I don't see significant amounts of dip. However, as I look at the price table, and this is dextools.io if you want to follow it, I also don't see a lot of whales that are selling it, nor do I see a lot of whales that are buying it. So either the whales don't know about it, number one. Number two, the whales aren't convinced. Or number three, the whales are simply not selling. They're in, but they're not selling. Regardless of whatever it is, today, it has very stable upward price trending that I can tell. So it seems like a reasonably strong project. And like I said, it does seem like they're a good team of people and worth at least looking at as a solid part of an investment strategy because they're on the ethereum chain of course that does mean uniswap if you want to buy into it or you can buy it uh from the exchange directly uh, i bought from l bank and that seemed like a smart move for me so i could just let it sit there 
so I don't have to get ripped off on gas fees. I'll be watching them. They have a small number of holders right now. The volume is very good, though, and the again, it seems like a very good, strong price movement. I would like more information about their burn mechanics if they were to you know, enhance their site a little bit. I think they need to talk a little bit more about the burn because I see the chart at the bottom, but I don't see anywhere on the site that talks about, okay, what what is the burn? What's happening? What's causing it? What's triggering it? How does it work? A little bit more details and how that contributes also to the price movement because I suspect it's there. I just don't see it. And if it is there, then that would, I think there's more to talk about with the anti-whale to convince investors about the solidity of the project. On a final note, there is a CERTIC audit. Their website does not pronounce as there is one, but there is one. You can see it on CERTIC.com and when you look with Shaman King. And they didn't fix anything that was reported. I'm going to just summarize what the findings were. It's basically saying you got stuff going on here that you need to tell your investors about, and you should. And it goes back to what I was saying about the site. It needs to tell a little bit more about what you're doing and the technology behind what you're doing. Be more transparent. That's basically what CERTIC said there. I don't think it's a major risk, but it is something they should be aware of and should affirm at minimum. That's all I got for you. I will check in after I check Cytomask out and report on what I see about that.